0: Confidence. Confidence, confidence, concern. Yes. Cons and cons. Uh, This is the part of the week. We're here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Uh, Both Dennis and I let you know what we are confident in when it comes to the Panthers and what we are concerned about, thus the name Cons and Cons. Uh, I found this this week's Cons and Cons (laughs) to be wildly difficult to answer on the confidence side. And wildly easy to answer on the concern side. And that is not a good look for the Panthers. I know. I saw had a little trouble just to decide what my concern was. It Was it like just narrowing in on exactly? Did you know the general area? Oh, there are a lot of places I could go. All right. Well, let's, let's, you know, right. Good news or bad news. Most people choose the bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad news first. So let's start there. What's your concern? We talked about it earlier this week, wide receiver depth. It's,
1: it's becoming a, good, it's a, a major answer. concern. I was never really big on the wide receiver group as a whole going into this season because I thought, okay, Adam Thielen right now is your default number one. A guy who's never really lined up against number one defensive backs, number one corners, because he's played a lot of this career with recently Justin Jefferson, but before that, Stephon Diggs. So he never has had a lineup really against number one receiver, hmm. or, uh, corners so all right how does he handle that dj chark injury history we know the talent but the guy hasn't really been healthy since 2019 and he's not healthy again either and then jonathan bingo rookie you just don't know charis marshall jr been banged up in his career he's in his third year major question mark Shai smith second year guy question mark you just don't know what he is demir bird was a speed guy but now he's out for the season and then you also uh, throw in LaVisca Chenault. It's like, okay, he's a gadget player.
0: He's so Devo Samuel Light.
1: Yes. So <laughs> like, I say gadget player in the sense of, okay, he could do a a little bit of everything, but he's not really great at one thing.
0: And he's been dealing with concussions.
1: And Well, yeah. And there's that or as well. Or a concussion. So,
0: okay. I'm like, I'm, what I'm, are they? This is one of those tough situations where I can't disagree with anything that you said, mm-hmm. but my answer is different. <laughs> That's totally fine. It's uh I had a couple
1: of, I've trust me, other couple a couple of concerns, yeah, a couple, but,
0: couple runners up, a yeah, couple nominees.
1: But right now, I mean, your top three wide receivers going into this week are Thielen, Mingo, and Shy Smith. Mm. Like, those are your one, two, three. And then Hayden Hurst, a tight end, another talented player, but also a guy who's, again, dealt with injuries. Then you have Tommy Tremble in his third year. It's like, uh, Still haven't seen him do much as a pass catcher. I understand it was a completely different coaching staff. They really weren't training them to be good pass catching tight ends. And Ian Thomas is just another guy. It's, it's,
0: again, it's all, all legitimate. The the thing I will say, and we said this yesterday, the day before, whenever we talk about the wide receivers, there, there is a world, because of the nature of the, the injuries they're dealing with, uh, Chenault with the concussion protocol, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. with the, the back, mm-hmm. uh, the hamstring from DJ Chark, those three in particular are wildly unpredictable injuries. Hamstrings could be a week. Hamstrings could be six weeks. Two months. Uh, yeah. Back injuries could be spasms, and you just kind of need to work them out, or they could be you need fusion surgery, and you're going to be talking like Tiger Woods. Uh <laughs> And and obviously concussion protocols, we just know so little about that. It's a it's a symptoms thing. It's an evaluation thing. It's a self reporting thing. So they could be back week one. They also could be gone for the first month. We really don't know. So uh, so that's kind of if you want to be glass half full. I'm also just going to look at like the the order of operations for my concern. Mm-hmm. If the wide receivers are open or not, if they're good or not is irrelevant if your quarterback is flat on his back before he gets a chance to make the throw.
1: <laughs> that was number two on my it's, list.
0: It's the, the order of operations, right? PEM does. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Yeah. Uh, parentheses. I'm not even going to go down there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so offensive line. Specifically, I, I wrote this down. The offensive line's brains. Hmm. I, I, I've i said this. I don't mind their physical abilities. I think they they have, you know, the the – once they lock onto a defender, if that defender is not Dexter Lawrence, they've done pretty well at, at at least getting run over slowly, which is which is part of the game. It may not be the most aesthetically pleasing part, but it, if it takes a defender three seconds to, to run you over, you've kind of done your job. Um, they've done OK physically. The things that have frustrated me are when. They step to their right, the defender goes outside to the left, and then they're doing the what, who, huh, what, right? Their hand, palms to the sky, head on a swivel, looking around for somebody to explain what just happened, and then Bryce Young's getting hit. Or there's a twist where the tackle in the, the defensive tackle in the end cross, and they both chase after the the end, and then somebody's running out there again, and they're going, what, who, what, you're supposed to, I'm supposed to, oh, it's like a, a pot fly where they called each other off I got it no you got it no I got it no I got it and it falls in the middle mm-hmm. that's what frustrates me so the the missed assignments are the things that have been been really grinding my pebbling my shoe for the the panthers offensive line as as a former quarterback I can tell you I want the offensive line to be so smart they make me feel stupid right I want them to be to be looking at me going gosh. That's not how we do it. And I'm like, fine, as long as you know, we're good, right? I don't I don't have to know everything going on up there. As long as you guys can keep the, the defenders from breathing down my neck, we'll be all right. But I just haven't seen enough of it. And to be quite honest, the wide receivers concern the heck out of me too for all the reasons that Dennis said. Uh, Miles Sanders in the running game concerned the heck out. But I just – I think we have to go back to – the order of operations right none of that matters if the offensive line isn't isn't doing their jobs and knowing their assignments so that's my number one concern now luckily part of cons and cons here where we're naming our concerns and confidences uh with the panthers when we uh when i asked good news or bad news we mm-hmm. chose bad news first so we get yes. to end optimistically uh dennis what's your what's your confidence for the panthers it's bryce young i was there last week
1: yeah the guy looks like the real deal he looks as advertised look i Miss me with just the overall stat numbers and things like that. The guy does things that don't always show up on a Mm -hmm. stat sheet. And the poise that he plays with, just the small stuff. Like you and I had talked about it earlier this week when I was sitting in for Adam Gold. Was, for example, when he had that play against the Giants where he slipped and fell down. He got right back up and started scrambling. Yep. He immediately put his eyes downfield like, okay, who's open? And he started directing traffic as opposed to just getting scatterbrained and panicked and just trying to take off and run. So the guy, from from what I've seen so far, has made good choice after good choice after good choice. You talk about, like, the mental acumen, all right, just, like, the the mental fortitude mm-hmm. to handle pressure. He has shown that. Granted, it's limited snaps. I totally get that. It's been five series. But he's still shown it, in my opinion.
0: The, the best way to describe that and and I, I literally just said this exact phrase to somebody uh protecting the football yeah. will never be overrated yeah right it's it's spot it, on it, it's important and he's done that right we've seen the other rookies make those whoopsies where the balls going in the other direction in the preseason right they're in the same situation he is new offenses new environments new teammates he's protected the football in, in some some adverse situations and I'd even go go as far to say this Um, We'll look at a uh, a former Duke guy, uh, Daniel Jones. Last year, Daniel Jones threw 15 touchdowns. He ran for 700 yards, whatever it is, but he is a quarterback in the NFL. He threw for 15 touchdowns, and that offseason, he signed a four-year $160 million contract. You know what was a big part of why that season, despite just 15 touchdown passes, was seen as extension-worthy? Because he protected the darn ball yeah he went from one of the guys that turned it over a ton early in his career to a guy that barely turned it over at all last year and because of that he now makes 40 million dollars a year learn from that bryce keep doing what you're doing you might you might not have to throw 40 touchdown passes or forty five hundred yards you protect the football it's a good way you know another phrase ready for this coaching cliche yeah ball security is job security Mm -hmm. If you don't turn the ball over no one's taking your job I'd be
1: okay this season if it's overall number like twenty-four touchdowns and four picks,
0: sold. I'd take that over thirty and twelve. I'm. I, for, it's true. Uh, for for my uh, my confidence here, yeah, I'm half doubling up on what what you went with. Talk to me because I had Bryce Young last week and I didn't want to go directly back to it. Right, I wanted to mix it up a little bit. I'm going with I'm confident in the faces of the units, and what I mean by that is Bryce Young on offense, Brian Burns on defense. Uh, okay. The faces of the offense and the face, or the face of the offense and the face of the defense. Okay, uh, I'm confident in Bryce Young for all the reasons you just described. Uh, there, there's been no reason for me to to downgrade him in any way, and in poise, and in leadership, and in in the moment not being too big for him. I think there's reason to upgrade him. Uh, Brian Burns. Grant, we haven't seen him in the preseason games. the The reports out of practice have been unbelievably glowing right and a few reasons why that that uh a few reasons why that excites me and why it gives me confidence one the team is playing a dangerous game right a lot of the positives a lot of the confidence a lot of the the praise is coming from team issued media is coming from within the panthers and they understand that the better this guy is the more they're going to have to pay him so they they have a reason to actually temper the the hype and make it seem like he's not as good as they're making him out to be, but I feel like they can't stop it. They're like the the two toothpaste is out of the tube, we can't put it back in. Secondly, uh, again, I was watching the the Hard Knocks. There's literally a moment where Aaron Rodgers gets frustrated, and he said, "This is an exact quote." Right, snap, gets the ball. Brian Burns is in his lap right away. Can somebody block this guy? He <laughs> says those exact words. Yeah. Can somebody block this guy? As number zero just comes around the edge and is in his lap in, in the blink of an eye. This is a quarterback that has seen everything, right? All of the best edge rushers of the last 15 years, he's gone up against, right? The the Julius Peppers and and I mean Dwight Freeney all of them I don't know why those were the two that popped into my head Peppers makes sense Freeney's kind of random uh, Jared Allen and and the Watts and and all of them he's going up against them all and you Moses. could t- you could tell in his voice the Von Miller's the Miles Garretts you could tell in his voice he was like this is really unusual why is this guy so unblockable yeah. and and why that, is he here like the more frustrated your opponents are with you the more confidence I have in you. So uh, Bryce Young, Brian Burns, what they've been able to do, I'm very confident in them. I just want to hope that there is a, uh, like, it's not good leaders with no followers situation or, or, you know, good good boss, but the employees are lacking, something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm confident in the guys at the head of the pack. Now, now I need to be infused with confidence in some of the others on both sides of the ball. But at least you got two good ones. That's what I believe. Kane center, Sebastian Sebastian Ajo, Seabass, as well as Jacob Slavin, one of their defense, uh, talked with Adam Gold today. Adam Gold, 99.9, the fan, directly before us. Uh, You can also check out his Kane's Corner podcast, which airs on our podcast page and everywhere you can find podcasts, or airs on our YouTube page and everywhere you can find podcasts podcast uh so we spoke with both of them today and i I thought we'd highlight a few of the things that that we heard uh because quite frankly some of them are very interesting um i want to start with slavin all right and and we're going to uh jump around here dennis so i'll try to direct you i'm
1: ready for this
0: um we've talked a lot about the potential trades coming for the the canes Mm -hmm. what we'd like to see them do it's been very much a a exercise in creativity uh, but in just about all of those exercises, uh, Brett Pesci's name comes up, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's he seems to be one of the pieces, final year of his contract, at a position where you have depth. Uh, it feels like you can go ahead and, and send him somewhere and bring back a, a forward or a center of some kind. Uh, so Slavin was, was, again, talking with Adam Gold and uh, brought up the business side of the game and the sport, and this had to do with Pesci.
2: It happens all the time where – Guys come into a team, guys leave a team, and so um, from that standpoint, like it, it just happens. Um, from a friend and a teammate standpoint, like you said, I'm, I'm right there with you. I hope he plays his whole career in a cane sweater, and um, me and him have been in the league. Uh, we came into the league together, and we played every year together, and so um, obviously not on the same line, but just been with each other, and so we're, I would consider us... Extremely good friends on and off the ice. And so it would be, uh, be a real bummer to see him not be here. But um, hopefully, I mean, they still got a year to figure something out, right? And so we got, we got some time. And, and hopefully they can dial something in to where both sides are happy. And uh, I know the Canes fan, uh, fan base would be extremely happy to see that deal um, come through.
0: Here's the hard part. You do really like Pesci, right? Like, like the fan base would love to see Pesci stick around. Absolutely. Like, like there's that. The hard part is, you've been a contender for a couple years now, mm-hmm. and it's it's not going to be the easy decisions that get you from from where you are to the Stanley Cup Finals or to hoisting the cup. It's going to be the difficult decisions, right? It's you're you don't have many weak links on the 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 team anymore, right? When when you when Brindamore took over, there was a lot of like, oh, we have to fix that, right? Like, oh, th- this is expendable. Oh, let's let's get this back to where now it's not like that anymore. It's it's can we get from very good to great? It's can can we we you know let one of these guys who are younger and developing take some of that role and thus make this person a little bit more expendable and, and shift the resources? Now it's the tough decisions. So so like when I'm advocating for a trade maybe involving Pesci, it's not because I don't think Pesci's good, in part because it is because I think he is good, which means you'll, you'll get something back of value. Uh, you know. Unfortunately, other, other teams in the NHL aren't dumb. I kind of wish they were. Right Then you trade him somebody who's not good for somebody that is good. But, uh, but until that happens, until you can start swindling people, it, it's just not going to work out that way. Uh, interestingly enough, Slavin has this year and next year left on his contract, uh-huh. and Adam asked him if he's thought about his own future yet.
2: There's only a select few players who will ever play their whole career for one team, and obviously, our family—we love the Raleigh area. We've been here like a, my whole career, and so um, we'll just have to see. Uh, worry about this season as it is. I mean, nothing can really be done until next summer, and right. so um, there's no there's no point stressing over it or worrying about it too much. I mean, that's all in God's hands. If God has me playing my whole career in Carolina, then I will be more than happy. Um to do that. And so uh we'll just we'll just take it one day at a time and and when that time comes we'll see what we can get done.
0: It is playing for one team your entire career seems awesome, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. The business again, he brought the business side with with Pesci. You know, I you gotta worry about the money and and by the way, uh what was it? Austin Matthews signed a uh thirteen and a half per year deal. Yeah, just a four-year, $53 million extension. Which, which makes him the, the highest-paid player in the NHL. Uh-huh. Uh, it would make him the 88th highest-paid player in the NFL, like the 130th-some-odd in the NBA and, and similar in Major League Baseball. Like, the, the NHL guys, if, if if they do want the wild generational money beyond the your wild and craziest dreams, they do have to think about the money, maybe even a little more so than other sports. So, uh, you know, if he's chasing dollars, I'll understand it, but at the same time... If he's chasing dollars, Kane's come up with the money. I, <laughs> I really like Slavin. Yeah,
1: uh, and like you mentioned, can't do anything until next summer. So sure. with the NHL, you can't sign a long term. You can't sign a contract extension until you're are in the final year of your current contract. That's the reason why it took a little bit longer for Sebastian Ajo's deal to get done. For uh, the same thing with uh, Andrei Svechnikov, like his deal, We well, he was in the last year of his rookie contract before he could sign that long term extension. So him having 2 years left on his
0: deal. I mean, they can't do anything but until next check summer. Out. And you you want like, sure, exactly. to make sure you want to make sure that relationship is good, right? Like they can't put pen to paper to decide to stay mm-hmm. with Carolina, but they can decide that they're not going to stay with Carolina, right? Oh, they, yeah. they can make that decision even if the the ability to sign isn't there. So you want to check up on those sorts of things. Uh quickly here just cuz I want to hear from from Seabass also. Uh talking with adam gold he was asked why he signed the long-term deal that he did uh we're doing a lot of contract talk with the the canes today here's sebastian aho on his long-term deal
3: you know organization is uh in, in a good place i think uh there's a lot of good people in in the organization and i i feel like uh we've been taking step closer to you know the ultimate goal every year and and i don't think we uh the way I see it, I think we're built to be a really good team for a really long time, and and obviously since day one, it, it felt like uh, home to me, and I've been you know very fortunate to be to be able to be play with uh, such amazing guys, and you know love my teammates, you know it, it the coaching staff, all 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 the parts is uh, uh, you know positive for me, and and it was a fairly easy decision to just uh they want the team wanted to to sign long long term and so did i so uh it worked out pretty uh, easily
0: i'm so glad to hear that right from the outside it seemed like it should be one of those deals where it's like the team obviously wants it the player obviously wants it let's get in a room and see what numbers make sense for everybody and then to hear him say, they wanted long-term, I wanted long-term. It was a quick decision. It was an obvious decision. It's like, good. That's what I hoped it was, right? I hoped, uh, you know, some negotiations have to be brutally honest, right? If a player's value in their brain is, is much bigger than what it actually is, the team has to bring them back down to size and say, well, no, you're not worth the same as X person on another team. Same can be true in the other direction, right? Hey, we want you to take a hometown discount. The player's agent has to go, no, listen, he's worth this much. You know it. We're going to co- cut. I like that that doesn't appear to have happened here. They're like, we really value you. He's like, I really value being here. Good. Let's find good value for both of us, which is what they did. It was a good contract.